Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. Glad to have you guys here. Awesome. Just a friendly reminder, if you want to send me an email with anything for any reason, you can send it to me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Please support this podcast and like and share the Facebook page, JMS Podcast. Yes, we're officially on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Although you're going to have to like search for my name, Jorge M. Sanchez. But uh, we got a, a great episode today. It's another comedian, a good friend of mine, Chase Doherty. Real awesome guy. And uh, it gets pretty heavy at times, but overall, I, th- I thought it was a great conversation. And as a favor to a friend of mine, uh, this month is Marfin Syndrome Awareness Month. My friend, uh, he's David Fournier. He's a musician. He's actually the first uh, guest on this podcast. So if you go back to the episodes, he's the very first episode. So Marfin Syndrome Awareness Month. Uh, if you don't know what it is, it's a genetic disorder. It's caused by mutation in the genes. So people are born with it. And it's a body connective tissue disorder. And it mainly affects the heart, the blood vessels, the bones, the joints, and the eyes. And one person out of 5,000 has it. Yeah, he just told me, you know, if I could point that out to people. That's uh, Marfin syndrome. Uh, I'm not qualified really to do this. I'm no doctor. And I had to do a, a quick research on it on their website. Which I find a fear that the website uh, uh, has it. In bold does not affect intelligence so i guess that's good i mean <laughs> but yeah so marfin syndrome awareness month awareness you know what does that mean really awareness it's oh i guess it means to like let more people know about it yeah but yeah marfin syndrome uh david fournier does have it that's why he wants me to mention this and uh, but he doesn't have it where it's fatal. Like he still has a, a long life, uh, thank goodness. Uh, but there's some out there that are un- unfortunate about it. Um, yeah, Marfin syndrome. That's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, lately, I've been thinking about heart attacks lately. Yeah, it's been scaring the shit out of myself. Because uh, I used to think, you know, if I get into shape and I eat better, like, like you know, that, that makes me less of less chances of me getting a heart attack. But lately, I've been hearing about athletes getting heart attack, about people who are perfectly healthy, people who exercise, who, who've been dying from a heart attack. I believe there's an, an author who, like, supported jogging, like, in the 90s or something like that. And that guy died from a heart attack while jogging. So, yeah, for some reason, it's like it scared me even more. It's like, holy shit, I could, like, literally die any second right now. My heart could be like, fuck it. I, my heart doesn't want to go on no more, you know. It's fucked up because my heart could be an asshole and be like, you know, what? I want to die. So, and it dies and it takes me with it. I just personified my heart. I know that was weird. But, yeah, up next, I have a new project. So, look out for that. Ever since I stopped hosting... Uh, for Sky to Comedia, I got a new project, which I'm collaborating with the radio at San Jose State. So look forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Super awesome. Best I can tell you right now is the title. It's called KSJS, which is the name of the radio station, Downtown Sessions. KSJS, Downtown Sessions. 
That's right. That's my new big project. So look forward to it. All right. Let's get on with the interview. At least that I know of. Okay. Uh, I know as a kid, they used to scare me by saying that if you eat watermelon seeds, uh-huh. like you'll die because a watermelon will grow. I've heard about in your that stomach. Yeah. And like as a kid, it scared the shit out of me. But it's not true. It's not you true. can eat all the seeds you fucking want. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They trip about the seeds, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we got Chase Doherty. No. No. How do you pronounce your last name? Doherty. 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 Chase Doherty. There you go. You have Chase Doherty in the studio in the knowledge room here for the JMS podcast. Knowledge room. I yeah. like that. Call, yeah. I keep I keep telling people, my listeners are like, dude, you're getting to know the knowledge room reference. Because it's got like shit little DVDs, books, CDs. I would call it like the pop culture room of the just pop culture room. of just like random stuff. Random that's, shit. That's really cool. Like things that you would find. At like a flea market store. Oh, not like, not like, <laughs> not like that's a terrible thing, but yeah, my studio is a f- little flea market. It's, I mean, well, it's just um, you have an eclectic amount of like stuff that's that spans over from what I'm just looking at here, probably from the '70s till now. Yeah, which is an eclectic mix of things. So definitely, I'm reading a book that I got from here, and it's like from written in 1960. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. Cool. It's called the Informed Heart, and something about finding purpose in a dehumanized society. A weird. I mean, I read strange books. You read? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But Chase, man, um, mm-hmm. glad you have you here. You know, you were when I started doing comedy, uh-huh. and outside from the San Jose State Comedy yes. Club, you were like one of the first people I befriended in the comedy. So yeah, now yeah. I remember. How do we meet? I think it caravan. Was the caravan. The caravan. Yes. yes. I used to be so scared of that room when I started out. Oh, I, my God. I, I think was terrified. I, I recall. Yeah. I remember uh, that. Because I'm thinking, fuck, are people going to like me? Am I even funny? <clears throat> do, do these drunk <laughs> people even want to listen to me? Then the second fear in the back of my mind was, do the comedians even like me? Am I cool enough? I don't know. Because when I came in, like the comedians would hang out with each other. Yeah. Right? And I was like the new guy. Mm-hmm. I, I looked a little awkward at the corner standing. Then, like, after a couple times coming to, to Caravan, like, I'll keep seeing you. Mm-hmm. And we'll, like, high-five each other yes, and stuff. We're like, yes. all right, this guy's cool. I remember that. And this then you just cool. sort of build on your network from there. Yeah. And uh, you start to get to know people. And that's and that's always a nice thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Chase, man, how did you get started in comedy? How did I get started? That's a fantastic, uh, very loaded question. But I guess it kind of started, um, let's see. It's probably, I want to say, around 2009 or so, like earlier part of 2009. Six years ago? Yes, about six years ago or so. Um, But I started doing open mics, and I started doing slam poetry. You're a slam poet? I used to. Not longer? Used to. Why not? not? I stopped doing it um, because everything that I would do in relation to poetry was always depressing. It wasn't funny. And a lot of other things... (laughs) 
I, yeah, I know. So you were a depressing slam I was, poet. I was like, I was a depressing slam poet that would always talk about heavy subjects. Um, like what? Well, I think I, um, I talked about, talked about the relation, the first relationship that I ever had while I was in college, and I actually I dated a stripper. You dated a stripper. Yeah, I dated a stripper, and I wrote, I sort of did like a slam poetry thing about that. And we dated for about a month and a half, two months or so. Yeah. And then just the craziest things had like I explored like all my first like from basically my first kiss to like licking my first asshole, basically. Why would all that be depressing? That sounds awesome. Dating a stripper, (laughs) uh, getting your first kiss, a dog licking your asshole. I'm sure it felt good. Did it? No, did uh, it? Yeah, it did. It did feel good. It did feel uh, good. It was. It was like uh, <laughs> a dog licking your asshole could be very dog. therapeutic. She, yeah, she was Vietnamese, so she did eat dog. I guess. If that's Wait, what? What you mean? The stripper was Vietnamese. Yeah, she's Vietnamese and Chinese. She was your first girlfriend. Yeah, and she was a stripper. Yeah. Wow, dude, how did that happen? Wow. You know, because uh, <laughs> I hear that's like one of the ultimate challenges for for like you know, so some guys is able to date a stripper, or is it easier than I think? You just have to have a lot of money at one point. <laughs> a lot of dollar bills. A lot of money at one point, and that's it. And just see where that goes for a while. Yeah. Like I mean, it was it wasn't even hard to do. I probably that whole night I probably spent about four bills, like four hundred dollars, but not on her. Like I think oh. like two hundred and fifty went to her. I got like that portion, but I did spend a lot as far as like ones go. I was there the entire time. She was one of the last strippers that I saw. Uh-huh. And then. What, uh, where was this at? What what strip club? <laughs> Pink Poodle. The, um, Pink, the Poodle. Pink Poodle. Hey, that's a pretty big uh, strip club around here. A lot of people know it. Yeah, a lot of people do know it, but it's it's a small strip club. It's it's a big name, but yeah, it's yeah. a small strip club. Yeah. But I'm more of a of the uh, cheetah club kind of guy. That's uh, that's a fantastic. It's a bigger club. I've only been there once though. That was years back when I was still uh, single. So yeah. don't <laughs> I don't venture those I don't venture those things anymore. No more. But you went to Pink Poodle. You mm-hmm. met her there. And h- how did it even become a relationship? Like, did um, you ask her out for dinner? Is that I that? I didn't ask. While her you're da- out. while you're giving this lap dance, you want to get some lunch <laughs> later or something or. Oh man. Um so basically as sort of things progress throughout the night, usually how it works with strippers is that you see them on the on the runway thing. Right. And then you sort of throw money at them and Did you then put they like, see you. Uh-huh. And then they see you and like once their song is done, they usually ask people that are still around the stage and they ask if they want to dance. Right. And she asked me and I said, Hell yeah. So basically as soon as she was done I waited like um, I waited like in a corner or something, and then I waited till she came over, and then she took me into like the lap dance room, and so I got a lap dance from her, and she asked me after that if I wanted to take things further, and I said yes. I, I figured like why why not why would I not do this as being a 19 year old you know stupid freshman you know at San Jose why why wouldn't I you yeah. know not do this so. I did it, and um, so those sort of things progressed, and she then asked me if I wanted to uh, go into, like, the back room, the private room, right? And she said it would be about, like, 200 bucks or something. 
and I decided I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll uh, I'll do that. Let me go get some money real quick. Go to the and ATM. Go to the ATM that charges you six dollars to take Aww. out two hundred dollars. I didn't have cash. I wasn't really prepared. It was my first time ever at one of these things, so I just I didn't know. But I got two hundred bucks, and you know things just sort of transpired. You know. Um, you know, she she just was all naked and put my hands all over her. Well, of course, right? Yeah, but, but exactly. But, I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't, did you ask her out right then and there? I didn't ask her out right then and there. So basically, she does her whole thing, and she and then everything ends. She's like, okay, like that's it. I'm done. And she then reaches out in her like little purse and she pulls out a strip of paper and it has her phone number on it. And she says, call me, and then she kisses me on my cheek, and then I leave, and then that's and that's, and that's that's it. And then I just text her, and she's sending me, like, dirty text messages and, like, sending me pictures of her. And Did you feel like it was, it was a real authentic relationship, or do you felt know. like it was more like, you know, she, she's just expanding in the way she gets money, like, if she keeps a guy coming around more? Like building a time, fan base? At the time, um, I thought it could be something real just because I was a really naive college freshman. Yeah. So I thought I was like king shit, head honcho, like in the halls, like I'm dating a stripper. Like, look at me. <laughs> you told everyone? I, I told fucking everyone. <laughs> I told everyone. Like, who who doesn't? Like, if you're 19 years old, like, who doesn't? Your two cents of society was I, I dated a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> That was my contribution my freshman year. And I just, I decided I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll just, uh, I'll tell everybody and then, you know, and then I'll just brag about it. And then, pe- and then like some people, um, I remember this like kid named, uh, Avery, who was actually one of my uh, buddies in college. And, uh, you know, he's off doing his own thing now, but I mean, we're, we're, we're still cool, whatever. I mean, we don't talk much, but he was one of the dudes that was just like, Chase, like, you know, this isn't real, right? Like, you know that this chick just wants to get your money and that's it. And she's on to the next one. Oh, okay. So he and saw, he, he saw, it. like, he, he saw through it. Like, yeah. he never met her or he wasn't there that night, but he was just like, Chase, like, look at this situation. Be smart about this shit. And I just wanted to deny it. And like, two months just go by. Where, like, I get out, like, sort of, like, how it transpired was that, like, I would get out of class, and then I would drive my car over to her place, and we would have sex, and I would drive back for my next class. (laughs) Like, that's, (laughs) that's, that's, that, that was, like, the schedule, and that was it. And then we went to one 49er game that year Uh together, and we were only there up until halftime because she had, she didn't want to stay in San Francisco for too long. So we went to a Niner game, but didn't stay for the whole game. What? Did she even like football? She had season tickets. Oh, so for she, her, it was like no big deal. For her, it was no big deal. But for me, it was. And I was like, oh, I guess we're leaving. Okay. So I just I just sort of, I was like the follower in the whole thing, hoping that, you know, she would eventually change and like this would become <laughs> something, but it never did. It never lapsed that way. How long so did- it was just it was just sex for like two months. Like that's 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 two months. That's all it was. There's no like talk, emotional talk, like getting yeah. to know each other. Mm-hmm. And then it was not exactly uh, someone you bring home to mom. Oh hell no. no! It's not even something that you mention or anything. 
<laughs> you don't even you, you know yeah to your family because you told the entire school by now i told the entire school i told my dad and oh. then i told Did my you give cousin, like a high five like a pound my dad was just sort of like oh okay that's that's where my money has been well, going that's, to. That's, <laughs> that's 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 why you're kind of in the loop with money but okay i mean as long my dad was like that's awesome but as long as like you're not infected with a disease oh, or true. like it doesn't yeah. affect you long term right then that's fine like that that's sort of what my dad was like he was just like that's a college experience like you're you're living it firsthand you took a big ass leap yeah being a kid from stockton california where there's nothing there and you have no like my dad didn't say that you have no experience with women but like I knew, and then my parents knew that, like, yeah, my son never dated, so, like... So, you're f- actually, that could be a bit traumatizing, that like your first relationship with a stripper who doesn't really give a shit. Do you feel like she gave a shit for you? Um, I wanted to think, like, here's how it was. Like, 2009 me was, like, I think she does. I think she'll come around. I think she'll give a fuck. I think she'll give a shit. Right. And then 2015 me was just, like, she never gave two shits about me, no. yeah. ever, because what had happened was, you know, after, you know, these months have transpired, we were supposed to go to another 49er game. And I text her like, hey, like, am I coming over to pick you up to go to the game? Whatever. She then texted me back and she was like, this is over. We're done. We're through. On, and like that on, on a, a text. text. Oh, on a text. On a text. Uh, and I was just like, oh, man. Like, why? Oh. I just I. I immediately so, just put down the phone and I cried oh and man. I was devastated and I knocked, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and I knocked on my friend's door and I just, I cried. Mm-hmm. I knocked on my uh, next, uh, next door. His, his name was Derek. And I remember just knocking on his door and I had my phone in my hand and, and, and you cho- I was just showed him. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> it's over. It's through. And then, I mean, I, I, Hugged him and I was crying. I was bawling and, and I was just like, "This is really, like, traumatic, like, yeah. for me." And it was and because it, it when it comes to your first, you don't exactly. you don't forget and you it, don't. It, and you leave scars. Mm-hmm. I think most relationships leave scars, but especially oh, yeah. something like this. Oh, because I I you know I went from like not kissing a girl to like going from like dating an older woman who's a stripper. Yeah. And from just more than first kiss to like first time and sexual things yeah. that like normal people don't do their first time. So that's yeah. that like that was really, really heavy for me. And the buddy Avery that I was talking about was just like, yeah, I mean, told you so, man. Like, like, and I was like, I, I was at one point king shit, gra- you know, bragging it to everybody. And he's the one that really saw it through. And. You know, that's where it sort of like put me in a bad place, and I was just like, "Well, maybe I'm not really." It's crazy though, anybody. Yeah, yeah, because I, mean, I mean, you go in thinking like, "Yeah, it's you know, you got the power here," you know, because she's attracted to me. Exactly. And in the end, she was playing you the whole time. Exactly. Uh, it's crazy. And this and this story actually transpires over the years. So. Oh, then, slam poetry. You, you start. And, well, not the slam. And then, well. That's how the slam poetry developed because I I sort of use that as a coping mechanism yeah, to, to sort of yourself. to sort of express myself and and get over that hump, and I would sort of write things and listen and see those videos on YouTube and get inspired, and so I performed it once, but I realized 
you know, I wasn't really happy doing all this stuff. I wasn't really making a progression, even though I was, you know, dealing with coping with the issue. I didn't really grow as a person. And I figured that, you know, I want to try because I wanted to try comedy because I watched that, you know, growing up as a kid and through high school. And I always thought that was really cool. So that clicked in the back of my brain. And so I decided to try that. And and now I'm pretty much here. I mean, after a few hiatuses, I mean, I dated another chick who said I wasn't funny. Oh. Like my sophomore year, I dated another girl. And I told her that what I wanted to do with myself and my dreams. And she was like, you're not even funny. Like, you're not going to go anywhere with this. Like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, very supportive. And yeah, I was like, yeah, you're very supportive. And... <laughs> Like, like off the all... bat, like off the bat, she says you're not funny, or does she see you perform? She's like, she doesn't see me perform. She's never she... seen... really, yeah. And well, because I told her like, like that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I wanted that's to my try to choice. do. Um, she never saw me do it, um, but she was just like, yeah, you're not funny, so don't do it. And that really hurt me. So that kind of like made me question, like, shit, should I do? Should I do stand up comedy? At one point. I thought that if I quit and I threw out all the material that I wrote, that she would come back to me. So I did that. Oh, man. And it she met some other guy. So I was wasn't just, a comedian, was it? It wasn't a comedian. Right. No, it was another <laughs> Asian dude that had six-pack abs. Oh. And I didn't have that. So that's that's... That was the guy who, yeah. That, that, I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter because I mean, she's gotten fatter, and so have I. Oh, so. come on. I well, come on. Like, I mean, I I am not the same person that I was in like 2009, 2010. But nor is she, and like, I'm sort of living my dream. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Right. I'm sort of making baby steps. There you, you know? go. Yeah, you come a long way after all that. That shit could be hard. Yeah, no, I I didn't think that I was gonna. And stand up helped you through it, huh? Stand up helped me through it. That's yeah. the one thing. Stand up helped me through it, through all of that stuff. And I can look back at sort of things that have happened in the past, and I'm just like, you know, like doing stand up comedy, like doesn't like everything else doesn't phase me in life. You know, like you could say anything that you want to about me, but. I mean, I fuck, man. Like, I do comedy for a living. Like, do you really think you're gonna like yeah. dig me down? And I, I mean, we're, we're already at the bottom of the fucking barrel. So I was already at the bottom. You, of you the can't, barrel. you can't hurt us any more than that. Seriously. <laughs> and I mean, I'm already starting out. I'm doing something I love. I don't even get paid for what I do that I that I love to do. Like, that's. I mean, that in itself is, you know, mm-hmm. kind of demoralizing to an extent. I mean, not fully, because I mean, I think every comedian that starts out acknowledges that um but i mean for me it was just like you know i mean anything else that happens in my life whether it's like people that try to fuck with me or people that say i can't do something like i mean look look what i've accomplished look what i've gone through you know and i'm and now i'm here so and what was it was the first open mic you've done first open mic i've done was uh iguanas Oh, right. Juana's in downtown San I Jose. forget they have an open mic. Yeah. But are, are they comedy friendly? To an extent. Yeah, it has to be like PG, PG 13-ish. And that's where I actually started my slam poetry sort of thing. And then I just decided, I was like, I'm going to try comedy one day. And I mean, they're tolerant to it for an extent, but it's 
it's it, it's got to be like Victor Cruz Perez. If he does some of his material there, it would work there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you can't, yeah, no cursing, no swearing, no dramatic stuff. You know, dramatic, like dram- like like overly like uh, you can't talk about dead Jews. You know, like you, you talk about Jews, but you cannot talk about dead Jews. Yeah, I think like that's. <laughs> Like I think that's where it draws the line at iguanas. Like you can't talk about dead Jews. <laughs> no, they told you that quote. I just that's just how I feel in my heart. Like if you if you made a joke about dead Jews, like you would get like yeah, like people would be mad at you. Like so, you, it's a little politically correct, or is it yeah, more? Yeah, a lot of PG-13? it is because nobody does comedy there. It's not really a comedy. They're not used to it. Oh yeah, nobody in the crowd is ever used to it. And I remember doing a joke. They got, actually. they got virgin ears for comedy. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, doing a joke like it was like over a year ago after like Whitney Houston died, and I wasn't even trying to like be a dick about it, but I did it at like iguanas, and I wasn't even you know trying to be a bad person, but I just sort of like posed this point like, because you know how like celebrities die, like the whole world stops. To acknowledge that they died. To acknowledge that they died. And I just sort of like posed this point in an observation. Like there could be like a hundred kids in Africa that died of AIDS in an hour. And if Whitney Houston died within that same hour, people would give more shits about Whitney Houston dying. Like, like I just, it was, there's no real punchline. There's no real setup, but it's just, it was just sort of like a thing to think about. Like, yeah. Sort of laugh at society at itself. Like we definitely put people on a higher pedestal than we do for other people. And then when issues like that become a social issue or it's posted on some Facebook about, you know, about kids dying in Africa, then it becomes a big deal. But, you know, like nobody gives a shit like once it's posted on a social media site, you know? And I always thought that was a little critical. You know, I never I never really understood things like that, so I don't know. Maybe that's just me rambling here, but but yeah, no iguanas. I haven't been there in like years, so I don't even know what the open mic scene is like there anymore. How was it the first time? Did you go by yourself? No, I actually invited a group of friends, and like everybody showed up to the first open mic that I did there. And uh, I remember the first joke that I did um, at iguanas. I opened up with um um the setup was basically Toyota. You know how like Toyota had that over acceleration issue with some of their cars. Oh yeah. And then there was that same when the Winter Olympics were happening happening that same time, and there was that guy that died on the luge. So I kind of made the setup of the joke like maybe that guy's luge was a Toyota and over accelerated <laughs> around the corner. That's fucked up. <laughs> and he died. Uh-huh. And that's I mean that was sort of I don't remember like word for word but. I mean, it's it's somewhere on my Facebook. I, I I watched it like three weeks ago or something, and I remember just back to that point. Oh, you recorded it? I, I one of my friends did. Yeah, one oh. of my friends recorded it. So did you feel like you bombed or you did well? Um, I felt like I did well, like for the first couple minutes, and then I just went on and on and on. I only planned out five minutes of material. I did like twelve or thirteen minutes there. <laughs> I just rambled on, and then yeah, just <laughs> rambling like yeah. none of it. It was just sort of like improvised and not really planned. 
And then it just kind of got to the cue, like where the drummer in the background was just sort of like, "Hey, get the fuck off stage!" Yeah, out. Hey, dun, get dun. The fu- yeah. <laughs> and the and the keyboard guy was sort of tuning up his thing, <laughs> and then the MC turned on his mic and was like, "Yeah, give it up for Jay Zordy, everybody!" And then like, and I was like, "Yeah, that's my time. All right, I'm out of here." <laughs> so you burnt time. I burnt first, time. Yeah. I I mean, I wouldn't say that I completely bombed, but uh, yeah, I burnt time. And then there was a second instance, and this is sort of where I got my, um, my uh, how do I say it? I guess my thick skin, I guess, with comedy. Um, or at least people saying that I, I can't do it anymore or saying that I shouldn't do it or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it was like after my second open mic or my first one. I can't remember. but Where at? At Iguanas. At it was Iguanas. when I was first starting out. I think I did a joke about Cinco de Mayo. And there was this guy who uh, came out to me after the show and he had tattoos all over his face and he had all up and down mm. his forearms Mexican or whatever. Guy? Yeah, Mexican guy. I come to find out he's a Mexican dude and he's from the Mexican mafia. And he, um, it was actually during my set, it wasn't after it, but he came up during my set and grabbed the microphone from me. Whoa. And he said, Mexican mafia cabrón. Or Cadron. I, I can't remember Cabron or Cadron. It's like <laughs> bitch or something. Like Cabron. Cabron. Yeah. He said he said that. He was like Mexican mafia and then Cabron. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. That's what he said. I can't I don't have the, you know, uh accent sort of thing there. <laughs> so it's yeah. So yeah, he said Mexican mafia and then what Jorge says. Um Cabron. Yeah. Yeah. So he said that to me and I was just like, Whoa, like I was just fucking around like he was serious too, because then afterwards, like he showed me the knife, like he oh, was serious. What he put a knife on you? Like he showed me it. Like he didn't like yeah. come out to my neck or anything like that. But he showed me it. He brandished it. Yeah, he brandished it. Yeah, and he yeah showed it, and I was just like, oh shit! Like I because was just fucking around. Man. All like, this because you made a joke about uh, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, I can't recall what the joke was, but I've written several Cinco de Mayo jokes, and it's my seasonal joke that I use only during that time. So, I can't remember how I said it, though. <laughs> but apparently it pissed him off to where he had to wield a knife at me. But, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay. Like, if I could survive this, I could do anything. Right. And then another person came up to me after my set and then said, like, that was, like, the worst thing I've ever saw. Oh, what? Like, and no, I'm not finished. Oh, to you? or like- Yeah, to me. Like to me, the w- comedy. W- was referring? Oh, he was referring to your comedy. Was referring the guy going up on to stage. my comedy. To my comedy. It was after the guy left, uh-huh. so he comes up to me afterwards, and he was like, "That was like the worst thing I've ever seen." It like, would be straight up. Yeah. Well, then he finished. Like he paused, and I was like, "I was like, oh, oh okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> I got bigger things to worry about right I, now. Yeah, Some guys try to kill me from the Mexican mafia. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I had a knife pulled on me, man. Like, you're going to really top this? But um, he, um, he, no, but he, um, what did he say? Like he said, he was like, yeah, no, that was the worst thing I've ever, I've ever saw. But like, it would be better if you stood in the corner for the rest of your life and got AIDS and just did nothing. I was like, this guy's a troll. What? Yeah. So I was just like, okay. Was like, he an audience he, member? Or he what? was an audience member. But did he perform? No. Oh. Just a regular audience he, member that was an expert in comedy, apparently. Uh, Adventures, open mics. 
That's so fucking annoying to me. People who claim to be uh, uh, experts in comedy that oh, do yeah. not do comedy. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's the same problem I have with uh, fanboys and, and films. It's mm-hmm. like, here you are criticizing filmmaking when you yourself don't make fucking films. Same thing with comedy. People are like, oh, I'm an expert in comedy mm-hmm. because I watch a lot of comedy. <laughs> it's like, but have you done it? Like, have you felt, you know, the nervous of before grabbing the mic? Have you felt the heat of the spotlights on you? Have you felt the eyes of the crowd on Has you? Has anyone heckled you? Has Exactly. <laughs> and these guys are coming out, you know, and just... Blurring out like, yeah, you should not do it, this and that. Yeah. But in this case, this fucker came to you and told you that you should just stay in the corner and get AIDS. And die. not do comedy and, and just die. Comedy. And I was just like, wow, you definitely topped the previous dude who had the knife on me. So, But I'm okay. So, like, that's and that's sort of what I use as a measure now. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think... I don't think um, he could. I don't think anyone, any heckler, could top like what that dude said to me. Yeah. So like anything that people say, like while I'm in the audience at any open mic now, or at any, like I haven't had it happen to me on a big stage, but just anything really, like people talking over me or just like people yelling out, like that dude topped it. So you're gonna have to find something that tops that, or else it's not gonna phase me. Hey, nobody put a knife on me. B, nobody has told me to, I should stand in the corner with AIDS and die. So I'm good. I think yeah. I had a good set. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Brew, like, I mean, you suck. I mean, that's, that's fucking hogwash bullshit, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I sort of use that as a measure to... How long did it take for you to get back on stage to perform after that? After that? I think I took, like, a six-month hiatus. Oh, man. And then I just... um. I did iguanas. I, that was like the only place I ventured to because I didn't know of any other places. I I found of other places in like 2012, and that was when I got my first introduction to Atu. Oh yeah, Atu, Atu. Walker. Atu, because he was hosting the Brit. Atu, I, I learned a lot from Atu. Uh, he's for me, he's like the comedy sage of downtown, and he's the first one that I met too. Yeah, and that's when, because that was like a legit comedy open mic so that's where at the brit i met all the other comics right. that were in san jose because you know i got i got reference from it from like um a friend that like hey there's this Atu guy that you know does the brit you know every every other monday or so go down there and then like do comedy and like you know just and then that network sort of built up like oh and then pete munoz has a room like i would have now now yeah. and then now it's like now it's like ah, i got places to go now besides being limited to iguanas right which and you don't really want to go yeah anymore. i don't i don't fucking want to go there anymore i mean i wouldn't mind going there you go for the burritos but not for the yeah not the for, open not mic. for the comedy i mean not for the open mic in general because it's just i mean it, it's one of those places where everyone is there for their friend and then once their friend goes or d- performs, then everyone leaves that's associated with that person. Mm-hmm. So I usually don't invite friends to watch me open mics. Yeah, uh, I mean, if I'm on a showcase, yes, mm-hmm. open mics not so much. Oh, I I invite people just to let them know, like, hey, I'm doing this. If you don't come, it's fine. But like, hey, I'm just doing this, just throwing it out there, or whatever. I don't get, but I used to get mad when I first started out. Like, oh, none of my friends are showing up. Like, that's <laughs> fucked up. Like, I thought they were my friends. Like, they got like nothing uh, else better. They're sitting on their ass playing video games. Like, why not just watch comedy? Yeah. But I start, and then I start to look at myself. Like, I'm just practicing, really. I mean, this isn't like 
I mean, it's nice to have a supportive crowd that like laughs at your stuff when you're practicing, but at the same time, you know, get people that, you know, they don't show up or they show up for the first time. Then they're like wishy-washy. And then you just start to realize, Oh, well, you know, fuck them, whatever. I'll just invite them to my next big thing. Growing up, who are some of your influences? Mm. Great question. So growing up as in... Like hmm. who do, who would you watch stand-up? Do stand-up? Um, let's see. I, d- um, I think the first comic that I saw was Brian Regan. Like on TV. Brian mm-hmm. Regan. Brian Regan. So, and I, liked, I liked his stuff just because he was clean. And then I could watch his stuff while my mom would walk back and forth in the room. Because he wouldn't cuss, and sometimes she'd hate it, like, inappropriate, like, stuff was said on the television. Right. She was like, damn it, Chase, like, turn this shit off. <laughs> she could say damn it, but the TV couldn't. Yeah, and, like, she wouldn't say turn this shit off, but she was just like, oh, like, why are you watching this crap? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, no, but yeah, Brian Regan, so, I mean, that was the first one. Um, Louis C.K., uh, Bill Burr, uh, new guys coming up, uh, Hannibal, Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris. I, I love Hannibal Burris. Yeah. I love Billboard. I love Hannibal Burris. Those are one of my favorite guys that I always. Um, but as a kid, you watched watch. Brian Regan and and was Brian Regan part of the Blue Collar Crew? No, he wasn't. Brian no. Regan wasn't part of the Blue Collar cr- Crew um, or whatever they were call themselves. Yeah, I forgot like other comics that were on there. But I mean, as far as like growing up goes, I mean, when I first got my first dose of like stand up comedy was when I was in high school. So, like, when I was, like, a senior or something. Right. And you were born and raised in Stockton? Stockton. Stockton, Stockton California. How's yeah. it living over there? Um, That's grow- a weird question Growing up, there, yeah. Yeah, how's it, like, growing up, going to high school, were you involved already in some performance, like, stuff? I was never really a performer. I was, believe it or not, I was always kind of a shy person. Like, I never, I'd always get kind of nervous, and I didn't really fit in well. Um I mean, I had like a group of friends like on the basketball team. Like that's where, because I was I was on the basketball team for four years and I played football for a year, and that's sort of where I fit in. But I never really had any like, like uh, like a core group of people. I'd have my basketball friends, um, and then I had like this uh, my other friend named Sean that I grew up with since like kindergarten, and uh, you know so. And then I just had like a couple, you know, minor. Fr- I had like a, I had a friend that was a girl that was really cool. Uh, her name was Tiffany. Uh, had a hot mom. That's that's what I remember. <laughs> that's what you remember. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, but she was a really cool person. She sort of um, helped me break out of my shell. Um, you know, kind of helped me mold. Not the kind of the person that I am today. She kind of like um, provided the baby steps. You know, to um, to help. You know. Tony become social, yeah, right, yeah. So she kind of provided that, you know. Um, so she she was she was like one of my close friends. I never really had like a big group of friends. I I had like just a couple close people, mm-hmm. and then I had like friends that you know I knew throughout my childhood, but you know they were kind of like wishy washy friends. Like I I kind of would get made fun of a lot. Um, were you in bullied? Middle school, middle school, I was bullied. Yeah, actually. I I was. I wasn't really bullied, but I hated middle school. I I contemplated suicide at one point in middle school. In middle school, that bad, huh? It was that bad. Like I remember, um, my dad dropping me off, and then me just waiting outside of the school, uh, and I would just cry for a little bit before going in. Before going in, I was just like, I have to endure another day of this shit. 
and it sucked. It was like the worst two years. Like to put in perspective, like if um, graduation day in eighth grade uh, from seventh to eighth grade, like the actual graduation day when my name was called up, like nobody clapped for me. Like you could only hear my parents. Like you were, were you ostracized by the other kids? I, w- I mean, I was, I was, I guess you could say I was ostracized, but like there was always this kid. It was, his name was Jared Giannini. He was Italian, but everyone, <laughs> everyone liked him for some reason. But I look, I look back on him. I was just like, that fucking guy got everyone to like, not like me. Like even people that knew me, like in grade school, he was a cool guy, kind of stopped being my friend for a little bit because I wasn't as cool. And then once high school came around, like sort of everything kind of changed. Right. But this Um, guy was like, like he was a cool kid. This guy was like school. And he was like, that guy, Chase, don't talk to him. And everybody followed. Everyone sort of followed. I remember on my birthday, actually, um, I got jumped. And everyone beat the like there were like two black guys that beat the shit out of me on your birthday. Yeah, and I didn't even I knew who they were, but we were not friends. And the and the punches that they were giving me were not like friendly punches. Like <laughs> they, they were, were they, they hurt, were not man. birthday punches. They were not birthday punches. They were they were like hold still, bitch. Let me beat the shit out of you, punches. Uh-huh. Like. Like that's it got to that point like and I just I mean I did go I did good academically but I um I just I didn't really know a whole lot of people like people knew who I was but they wouldn't like hang out with me you know and and high school things got a high school better. high yeah. school things got better because that's where I met Tiffany who I was talking about and you got earlier. into sports and I got into sports and you know I sort of established myself there. And I've had I've had a few close friends, you know, throughout. And I figure that that's that's better to have good quality friends than to have like a shit ton of friends. Right, it's quality over quantity. Yeah, it's quality over quantity. So I've uh, become humble about that. So mm-hmm. that's 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 sort of what it was like as far as like uh, being in Stockton goes in like school and like having friends and everything. Um, I mean, I and I guess growing up, I mean, there wasn't really, really much to do. Um, I mean, I had a lot of different fads, you know, like remember there was like a phase in my life where I got an airsoft gun and my friends and I would just like play airsoft in the backyard or like, <laughs> go to the park or something. Right. Um, or like there was a phase where everyone had a bike or a razor scooter and we just like ride around the neighborhood just with on our bikes and our scooters, whatnot. And everyone had a video game system. And like when Xbox came out and Halo came out, that was like. Oh yeah, I remember back yeah, in my high school years. So yeah, yeah. Or like for me, parties, you know, yeah. those sort of things. For me, it was either FIFA mm-hmm. or Halo. Those were the yeah. big things in high school. Yeah, it was before Call of Duty became big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are any of your parents creative? Um, I would say if I had to choose one, my my mom is the most creative one. Yeah. Um, her, I mean, her background as uh like in journalism she majored in journalism at washington state university is she a journalist uh she's not a journalist um but i mean she has she's like um she was on the radio at one point like in her college days if i mean if i could recall that correctly i don't know if she'll hear this but i don't want to you know hopefully she doesn't hear it yeah hopefully <laughs> i mean as far as the content i mean because i mean i'm her son so right. i don't want right. to but yeah i mean as far as like she gets hold of this like i don't want to like say horrible things but not fuck up what she did like in her right in her um 
how do, how do I say it? Like but but in she her, in her before me came along, but but yeah, no, she she had a creative background, and what she does now, she she did a lot of like theater in like the community center and stuff like that. Like, okay, so there's a creative gene in you. There is, yeah. It mostly came from my mom, I would say, but my dad is also really good too, because my dad's a great communicator, and my dad is a good writer. Mm-hmm. Um, also, both your parents had come from a writing yeah. background. Well, yeah. I mean, my dad is in sales. I mean, he does a lot of insurance, but he's a good he's a good communicator when it comes to people. So, like, when he has a point to get across, he gets to the point, which is sort of what comedy has taught me. And you know, with you know my educational background, I guess, which is being exposed to you know presentations and everything, comedy has sort of taught me how to plan and execute. So if I have a plan, so I have a set of jokes, and then I have to go out and execute them in X amount of time. So yeah, that I mean yeah. that's the simple logistic part of it. Like the most educational part of comedy is to plan and execute. So my parents both sort of had that gene. But I say my mom was the most because she sort of does radio now. She's sort of like a voice artist, so she's doing her own entrepreneurial sort of thing. So. She's uh she's talented. She's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I, get, I hear her on the radio. When I'm in Stockton, I sometimes hear her commercials on the radio, so She's a voice actress for the radio, local radio stations. Well, not local radio. She's just, um I would say that she's just sort of freelance. So like whenever she gets gigs and yeah. you know, if they decide to have her voice on there, then she'll be she'll be on there for a while. I don't yeah. know. Personally, for me it'll be a little weird. I it's, for me, my dad, he's that kind of He's kind of well known among the the Latino community because he's in sales yeah. and he advertises in, in like those um, Latin uh, magazines. Okay. So when I when I happen to be in the bathroom, you know, with the magazine and I see his ad- advertisement, I get a little freaked out by it. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine like driving <laughs> on, and hear, listen to the radio and having my mom speak out of it. You know, I get all you know yeah. f- feeling guilty or something. Yeah. Like, oh, I should probably call my mom or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's interesting, man. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's f- going forward. Uh, but now you're doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Recently, you're performing at the Improv. Yeah, I yeah. did. Um, you weren't being taped, but you're part of the uh, Netflix perf- taping. Yeah, right. Showcase for the Mighty Schmucks comedy tour with uh, Sean Weiss and Garrett Gonzalez. Yeah, and Sean Weiss is more known to be the Goldberg guy from Mighty Mike's. Mighty yep. Mikes. I mean, uh, Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Mighty, Mighty Ducks. Ducks. Mighty Ducks Mighty movie. Yes. It was the goalie. <laughs> yes. The chubby goalie guy. Mm-hmm. So how did that come about? How did you get your start at the improv at San Jose? Uh, wow, that's a great question. So where I work now, let's just say I work at a rental car place. So those are all the same. Um, but I work at a rental car place where it's located inside of a hotel. And Garrett Gonzalez works inside that hotel just sort of as a front desk. And him and I just started chatting up. I was on my break and he was, and then I saw his advertisement for, um, for the Garrett Gonzalez and show friends. It was like, like a little bit over like a year ago or so. And I was like, Oh, you do stand up comedy. And and he was like, yeah, man, I do stand up comedy. It was like, Oh, I do that as well too, man. Where do you perform at? Like, who do you know? And he was like, yeah, I know Pete Munoz. And you know, I just, I get out whenever I can. And, you know, hitting open mics, but yeah, I'm performing at the improv. So if you want tickets, I'll be more than happy to give you some. And, and he was like, I mean, I can't get you on there to perform, but I mean, 
if you want, I give you tickets. And he was like, I and Gary like, Gonzalez yeah. is a big name, right? I believe so. I think he's. Um, I mean, I was. I would say that he's a big name, but I mean, he's been in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but he's getting his name out there, definitely for yeah. sure. He's he's on the rise. I he has say. a Netflix special coming out now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, I think, sh- yeah, Sean Weiss and Garrett Gonzalez are both, yeah, on the Netflix special. Yeah. So, so a year ago, you meet him. Yeah, so a year ago, I meet him, and then you know we just start chatting it up, whatever. And then you know months go by, and he was like, "I'm gonna have like another improv show. I'm gonna do another Garrett Gonzalez and Friends. Like, do you want to be on it?" And I was like, "Yeah, totally, man." So, just just let me know when, and I'll keep my calendar open. Has he has he seen your stuff? Before? Um, I think I told I mentioned that I was on YouTube, so I haven't. <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't sure like if you saw my stuff, but he was. Did just you like, send him a link to your YouTube? No. no. So did, I think he just. Did, I th- did, did you come off as I'm a YouTube star? Or no, something? no, no. I didn't come off that I was a YouTube star. I just I told him I was like, yeah, man, I do stand up comedy. Um, just sort of starting out, whatever. And I mean, I'm on YouTube, so. If you have a chance, check it out. I'm not even sure to this day if Garrett Gonzalez has even seen my YouTube <laughs> stuff. So, like, do you hope he does or he does it? I mean, I, I, I mean, I hope he does. I mean, if he does, then he does. But like, I just think it, it was kind of. If he hasn't, then I think it's kind of ironic that he's just like, yeah, no, you're coming on to the improv. Like, I haven't seen your stuff. Right. I mean, you seem like a cool dude. So yeah. let's just let's just keep. Oh, it from dude, there. definitely in this industry, you got to be nice. Yeah. I think for across the board, mm-hmm. filmmaking especially, you gotta be nice. Because yeah. if you're an asshole, nobody's gonna want you put you know on your exactly. on their film project. And that's or, and that's sort of where I drive from. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty humble dude, and that's just the way I've been growing up. Yeah. Um, I'm always grateful for every opportunity that I get, but I try not to be complacent with the opportunities that I get once I achieve them. So I I always try to try to be humble and you know hungry. I know that's of sort of copping off Patrick Willis's thing. Sorry, Patrick, but Patrick Willis matters. Oh. Yeah, I, he I, always. I saw Vernon Davis the other day. At, yeah, by a cafe for Scotty. Oh, that's yeah, cool. That's cool. Nice. Man. I was too shy to say hi because yeah. I bet he got that. He was on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, what? he probably gets like people, you know, saying hi to him all the time and taking was, pictures. Must he, be annoying. So I was like, you know what? I'm just yeah. gonna admire him and <laughs> from a distance and <laughs> just <Yeah>. watch him. <laughs> I met. Yeah. So I, I, I stalked Vernon Davis for like. <laughs> Two minutes. Anyway, uh, so he got you on the improv show. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about that? Because um, that's pretty. I was. I'll be scared. Dude. I was a little nervous just because I've never performed in front of a big stage like that. And as far as the practice goes, I thought I needed more practice. But um, I mean, once you're in a venue, sort of like the improv, where people actually—I mean, not only one, but people actually come to the improv to laugh. So when you have an audience that's there and that's engaged, you're going to get a different reaction than you would at an open mic, per se. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I was sort of like approaching it like, oh, shit, like, what do these people, you know, think of my stuff? Because I always got the open mic reaction. So I was not really too sure how my stuff would yeah. work. The open mic reaction is like, eh, yeah, yeah you're exactly. funny. Or like, yeah, I'm not listening to you. Exactly. So, and there's there's no happy, well, there there is just like a happy low medium at the you know at the caravan but um but yeah when i got up there in the improv i mean i was a little bit nervous i wasn't sure how it was going to go down i thought my timing you know i wouldn't do that well i was there you killed yeah it was even funnier is that you put your set list on your hand yeah, i did you wrote did. it on your hand and it melted off it, and then i remember you performing 
and then and you look into the hand and the crowd will go they'll laugh the fact that you <laughs> you look into your hand to look at your comedy notes yes yes i yeah no i that's that's how nervous i was what i i put my whole i think i had 15 minutes i put my 15 minutes on my hand i written everything down and it's just all sort of it all sort of like wiped off so i didn't you know, I didn't know like what else I had left, so I was just like, "Oh shit!" Like, uh... oh yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna do this joke. Oh yeah. So anyways, uh, Jews, um... <laughs> not dead Jews though, right? No, yeah, not dead Jews. No. <laughs> living Jews, <laughs> living, living Jews that own Mercedes still. Um, no, but yeah, I did that. So I was really happy with the way my first reaction. Um, well, no, my first time at the Improv, just a you know audience's reaction. I was, it was such a great feeling. I was elated. I was like, man, I want to get back up. I want to do like another 15 minutes. Yeah. That's, that's, you just immediately after your first time and you do great and on such, you know, a big stage predominantly from what you've done in the past, like you just, you want to keep going. Like you don't want to stop. And that's, that's the immediately high I got. So I was just like, yeah, tonight's going to be a good night. And, you know, it's just such an awesome, you know, feeling to have, you know, after you feel like you performed in front of like Madison Square Garden, but you, I don't know how to explain but like, but like, it's not because this is your first time on a big stage. Like what was what the biggest gonna, crowd you perform in front of? It's the biggest crowd that you perform in front of. Yeah. And it's a sincere crowd that wanted to come out and see comedy. Right. I mean, even though it's not you, like you're just inter- you're not your name's not in lights, but it's just sort of that feeling, like wow, like that's that's awesome, like this yeah. is this is why. I do and after it. that, Garrett kept you on for the next show, which was the Netflix taping. The Netflix taping, yeah. So Sean Weiss was the head honcho on there, and he was working with Garrett Gonzalez, and Garrett Gonzalez needed some people to fill, and he was like, "Do you want to be in my, you know, my Netflix special with Sean Weiss?" And I was like, "Yeah." That'd be fucking awesome, and so I did that, and that was that was a lot of fun. That was a great crowd too. Was Felt it? Kinda, was it weird that there was like cameras? How many cameras did they have? I think they had. I mean, from what I saw when I was sort of in front, of, like not in front of the stage, but like sort of like how everything was set up. I think there was like three cameras. There was two in the side, and there was like one in the front. Okay, a very basic uh, format. Yeah, fair yeah. basic format. Yeah. So the camera were, setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there were three cameras going. No, like uh, elaborate dolly shots or nothing like that. No, no, it was nothing elaborate, nothing up in the air, anything coming down, or anything like that, or anything like that at all. But it was just sort of like a simple setup. But it was it was a fun night, though, man. I mean, I, I felt like I had like less time than I did last time. But I mean, that I don't really mind about. But it was just it was a fun night, though. Glad that. Glad that I was able to do that for sure. So and meeting Sean Weiss, meeting Goldberg for the first time, pretty cool guy. Got to party it up with him. Got a he's skinny. I, I, I met him. I met him. Yeah, he's he's skinny. Yeah, and, and he's a, <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember I met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right now you're you're, you're dating some. I mentioned to you, to you the person you're dating now. She's my boss for this new. Um, uh, project I'm working on. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure if she wants her name to be on this. I don't know. But she's really awesome. You say it. Jasmine. Garcia. Garcia. Your girlfriend. She's awesome now. Yes. Thank you. How'd you guys meet, by the way? We met my senior year and her freshman year. Oh. 
Just she was a freshman and I was a senior. I was graduating that year. And was we it like lo- love at first sight or? Because me, not, and, me, and my, me, like my, my last serious mm-hmm. relationship, my ex, mm-hmm. we hated each other first for like a month. That sounds healthy. I know. And then <laughs> after like a month of hating each other, somehow we Just managed to get attracted to get each this other. Frustration yeah. out, right? Uh, anyway, so was it the same for you? Was it the same for me? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, we didn't like hate each other, but um we just sort of like didn't really know each other i mean we had this we had one same class together and ironically it was called creating a meaningful life it was just like that's an actual class that's an actual class at at san San jose state State. yeah is that is that a major as well is is meaningful life what what um what was you're telling me that people are paying three grand for tuition for this class yeah (laughs) yeah and all we talked about was what was the topic? Which that is romantic. Mean? You met her in a class about finding the meaning of life. Yeah, Aww. that's 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 sort of like you're welcome, kinda, Jasmine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's something that we always mention, or that, or like every time people hear the first time about how we met, like they always kind of catch that, like, oh, that's pretty ironic. Like you met at a class called creating a meaningful life, and now you guys are together. Yeah. Um, she said it's better than Tinder, huh? Yeah, <laughs> just better. take a class, Cod. Just take a <laughs> class, and then like someone will be attracted to you. Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm super shy at school. Like in class, I do. Yeah, That's like I, I, a lot of people know me. They're like, uh-huh. no, it's hard to believe that you're shy, Jorge, because I speak loud and stuff and whatever. Yeah. But deep inside, I'm like, oh my god. Especially when there's cute girls that, that find attractive. It's like, yeah. Oh my gosh, she's so no. cute. What do I say? I, I tend to be sitting actually farther <laughs> away from them. Because, you know, people are like, oh, if they're cute, sit next to them. Yeah. I'm the opposite. It's like, I'm going to sit away. <laughs> and uh, and if we happen, if something happens, it's it's meant to be because uh, the odds <laughs> are the other against side us. side of the room, like diagonally, too. <laughs> like the longest possible. Like you're yeah. like the high pot, like a triangle. You're right. like the longest end of that. But I mentioned her girlfriend because she works for the university radio station. Mm-hmm. Like your mom. Whoa, that's right, ra- crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whoa. You know what they say? It's like we usually we're attracted to people that represent or like are are familiar to us, like with our parents. Yeah. You know how they say that. Mm-hmm. So that, apparently, my mom. Um, let's not go there. Anyway, <laughs> because she's she was setting up an interview. Yeah. With Sean Weiss and Gary Gonzalez. And I happened, I remember oh. I, and that same day I had a quiz. Uh huh. And she, I was, I was at the university, I was in the green room. Mm-hmm. And she comes to me and says, Hor, I need your help. Yeah. You know, because you're a film guy. I need help with the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I go and I set up the camera for her in the audio. And she's like, yeah, we're interviewing Gary Gonzalez and Sean Weiss mm-hmm. and so on. And I could use your help. I was like, all right, I'm, and I, I like doing that stuff. Yeah, you know, helping out technical and and just and I found a good opportunity to network. So exactly. I skipped my class. Okay. Which I had an important quiz for. I yeah. skipped it because I found this more important in the long run. Yes. And so I was like, we're setting up. They haven't arrived yet. And I was like, uh, who's interviewing them? Like, I was hoping uh, uh, she'll get like a comedian to interview them mm-hmm. secretly. I want her to choose me, but uh, like anybody, you know. And she's like, oh yeah, a comedian. And she mentioned, I'm not saying her name because she uh-huh. was. And I was like, I never heard of her before. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So I meet her, and she's you know, she has personality. She's cool. But it pissed me off because during the interview, she didn't ask any real questions at all. It was just like, a, 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 I, was, I mean, in her defense, mm-hmm. she's probably starstruck. That was, you know, Sean Weiss mm-hmm. from um, 
from uh, the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. I'm having a hard time saying that. The might, yeah, the Mighty Ducks, yeah. Like, granted, maybe she was starstruck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, I, I feel like I, it was just, for me, from behind the camera, it was embarrassing to watch, you know, how much she was just talking about her show, talking about her, talking with, like, you know. And it came to a point where Sean Weiss is like, uh, should you be asking me questions and making a joke out of it? And, yeah. I was so embarrassed that I didn't even, like, when the time came to, like, talk to Garrett and Sean, I didn't do it. I did not want to be associated with that, what happened. Yeah. Uh, so I was like. Yeah, my name's Jorge. Nice to meet you, Garrett. Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you, Shadowwise. They're cool. Yeah. Yeah. You should take a picture, maybe. I don't know, but that's cool. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was. It's like, oh my god, like some people. Granted, if this was, this was like a year ago, I wouldn't cared. But since you know, I got into like podcasting and interviewing people, it's like, dude, you gotta ask important questions. You yeah. gotta ask questions that matter. Exactly. And it's like me inviting you over to do this podcast, and all I'm talking about is about what happened to me. Yeah, Ho- yeah. Jorge right now has has a notes in his thing, so he didn't come. <laughs> We're not bullshitting this. <laughs> We're not half-assing this podcast. We're not half-assing this podcast. <laughs> so, no. But um, it's it's funny that you say that because my girl actually she brought home the the footage and she it was like 20 minutes of the video so i saw it you I saw, saw it okay. i saw everything and she mentioned to me like yeah jorge taped it you know he was really awesome you know helping me do this and and i was more pissed off that i skipped class for that anyway yeah. sorry general no but yeah anyway so i was seeing the video and i i was thinking basically the same thing like when are the questions going to come cuz right. cuz i was just like you have I mean, you have Garrett Gonzalez and you have Sean Weiss, like, and you're in, you know, RTVF as a major and you want to do this kind of stuff. And, like, and, don't and, and be, a step forward, this video will represent the radio station. It's on, it'll be on 94.5 KSJS, it'll be on the social media page. Yeah, and a lot of people who we'll don't see know it. them will see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, and that's, and as I was watching the video, I just thought to myself like oh um this is not good um but she when, has, when is she gonna yeah. ask, when is she when is she gonna ask the when is she gonna ask questions and when are because she was just starstruck she was just rambling it wasn't really professional like i think i think having you know a good jokingly conversation is fine but you got to keep that to a minimum mm-hmm. especially when that's your major and that's something that you pride yourself in doing and in some cases, that's what you're putting tuition money down for. So when you get a project like this, I mean, you should kind of take it seriously. You should also have fun. But when you have 20 minutes of footage and it's Rambling. shit, yeah, you can't you can't get that back. So, but she, your your girlfriend, she has a damn good editor because I saw the edit, uh-huh. and he made it work kinda. But you could tell like he cut a shitload of it. Like a lot of it was like cut. Like a couple seconds cut, mm-hmm. uh, so I couldn't imagine him in the editing room going like, "Oh fuck, yeah, yeah I have to cut." Like she mentioned to me that. about the editing stuff and just like that's it's going to be really hard to do because like twenty minutes of footage, we only got two legitimate minutes out of it, right. and yes. that that <laughs> that's pretty shitty. And I and, and she mentioned she's a comedian. I asked around of her, and nobody knew who she was. So I didn't even know she was a comic. Yeah. Either. Oh. Uh, 
Anyway. Didn't know. Uh, I told you that because... Mm-hmm. Why did I tell you that? Oh, because Sean Weiss. Yeah. So that's my, my experience meeting Sean Weiss in person. Okay. And Gary Gonzalez for the first time. Yeah. I was like, I was so embarrassed. I, I, I didn't even want to network with them and be like, yeah. hey, I'm a stand-up comic too. Check out my podcast. Check out my comedy room, which Being I don't have anymore. Being starstruck person. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't starstruck. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... I, I, I was just... After what happened, it's like, you you know what? I don't want to, you know, them to think of me. Yeah. Uh, you know, and think of this, what, what happened here in this I gotta, interview. I got to ask Garrett Gonzalez. I got to ask Sean if, um, if I ever see Sean again, or if I ever get a chance to talk to him, but I got to ask Garrett, like what his perspective was bad for Garrett because they didn't ask me. I watched no. the whole 20 minutes. And if, if you ask asked. me, Garrett is the homeboy. He's the, he's from San Jose. Garrett is, is, is the comedian, like. This is what I want to say. His home, his headquarters. This is a cousin. He's Angela Johnson's cousin. Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make is, it's a great interview to be like, "Hey, Gary Gonzalez mm-hmm. from San Jose, making a comedy special on Netflix." You know, he's up and coming. Yeah, he is. And he was ignored throughout the entire interview, and you, could, I could tell that he was trying to, you know, put himself in there. Yeah. But she was just kept going with Sean Wise. <laughs> a lot of yeah. And I felt oh, so fuck. fucking bad. I was like, "Oh my god, yeah." I I, I have to find another environment to talk to to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was that bad. All well, right, it was Chase. It was. Yes, it, it's the one hour mark. Um, Whoa, usually, really? We're already an hour. Yeah, this is where, awesome. we, where we start uh, closing mm-hmm. down. Oh, really? Uh, oh man. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, yeah, it's people, okay. After an hour, people tune out. When it comes to podcasts, apparently. oh, unless they're really, really good. Don't I get thought, me wrong. If this podcast makes it big and people really like it, yeah, then maybe I change some format. Mm-hmm. But for now, uh, any upcoming shows you want to mention to people, or how can they follow you? That's a great question. Um, well, let's see. I'm not on Snapchat, so um, I'm not on that. But I guess upcoming shows. Um, I'm usually at um, the Caravan every Wednesday nights in uh, downtown San Jose. Um, you catch those every Wednesday nights. Uh, and then I'm usually at Frascati or um, Woodham's every Monday night. Um, mostly, uh, I'll try to do both places, but either or. So um, I'm usually at those places. Woodham's, um, I got to start going there. I haven't been going because I had the comedy room on, on I know. Mondays at Frascati, but since I don't have that anymore, I, know, I have more I, time to go over there now. I, and, me, and those are mostly those two places where I'm at. And I'm going to probably talk to Garrett and figure out some upcoming projects if He's going to be at the improv anytime soon or just meeting yeah. other comics to network so I can get my name out there. But I guess Facebook, as far as that goes, I'm on I'm on Facebook, surprisingly. Um, you catch me at Chase Doherty on Facebook, um, C-H-A-S-E uh, space Doherty, D-A-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. And yeah, so I'm on that. And then f- Instagram... Um, I'm looking at all this stuff. Like just trying to <laughs> just trying to confirm to not give you wrong information, so that when you look me up, you're like that fucking fit on fucking the Jorge <laughs> podcast. Give me all the wrong information. Um, so yeah, on uh, Instagram, it's uh, Chase forty four. So Chase and an underscore forty four, and uh, I'm on there. You can see a picture of me, and uh, it says stand up comic, and like the third point said. So that's that's myself. So. Um, but yeah, those are where you can catch me guys. Um, that's, that's pretty much all I got as far as like upcoming stuff and where you can contact me and look up content. So there you go. Yeah. 
Man, Chase, thanks for coming. Well, hey, thank you, Jorge. This is an awesome podcast, so hopefully every hopefully everyone listens. This is Yeah, share. Share with your friends. I will. Share well not, not I'm talking to the listeners. Uh, but mean, you, will, you too. You should too. you I should will. also share with your friends uh, this podcast. Yeah, just uh, everybody except the two people that are on this podcast now should share. <laughs> no, I'm just I think I have like like a couple of listeners. I think like five, ten, maybe. That's awesome. Um, at least you uh, got yeah. At least you have that. Hopefully, hopefully the stripper story will draw more people in. The stripper like, story. That's it. That's going to bring more more people in. The stripper story. It usually does, actually. When when I open up with that, sometimes people like people are more enthused, like "Holy shit, you did!" And then I say it all ended like shit. People are just like, "Oh, um, so what else is uh, <laughs> what else is about you?" Yeah, um, I'm 25 and uh, work at a rent a car place. Rent a car. <laughs> that's that's it. All right, Chase. All right. Well, yeah. Enough of that. Peace out.